beloveds, welcome back to The Word is Resistance, the podcast where we are exploring what sacred Christian texts have to teach us about living, surviving, even thriving in the context of empire, tyranny, violence, and repression, the times in which we are living today. What do our sacred stories have to teach us as white folks about our role in resistance and showing up in liberation? What wisdom is there for us as white Christians in these troubled, violent times of pandemics and racial capitalism and the beauty of resistance? I am Reverend Kelsey Beebe, pronoun she, her, hers. I'm an ordained minister in the United Church of Christ, and I serve as a local pastor at two United Church of Christ churches just south of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And I'm also the executive minister of the nonprofit Dancing Pastor Ministries and host of the Lady Preacher podcast, a podcast for progressive Christians. I live in Kenosha, Wisconsin, on the homeland of the Potawatomi peoples alongside Lake Michigan. This podcast is a project of Surge Faith and is particularly designed for white Christians, white Christians talking to other white Christians about race and white supremacy. We believe white Christians like us, like me, have a responsibility to commit ourselves to resisting white supremacy, to speaking up and showing up and disrupting white supremacy where we find it, including in our own Christian tradition. And we do this work remembering we are building up a new world. This live recording of Dr. Vincent Harding's song for the freedom movement is of a multiracial movement choir practice in Denver, Colorado in December, 2014, being led by minister Daryl J. Walker. We are deeply grateful to the Freeney Harding family for letting us use the song for the podcast. The word is resistance. Let us pray. God of many blessings, we pray today for peace in your world. May each person who is listening today be filled with your love and accompanied by your grace. We ask that you open our hearts and minds today as we absorb your good news. In your name we pray. Amen. We are reading today from the New Revised Standard Version, and I invite you to listen to these words from Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 3. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith our ancestors received approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. Friends, we have been spending this season considering the scriptures through a lens of disability justice. With this particular passage, we might feel inclined to dig into these first verses that reference sight. This often quoted passage, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. It's popular enough that as I typed it into my Google Doc for the transcript, 
Google Docs auto-filled the verse in for me just after a few words. These first few verses are about how all the things that we experience in the world today were created by something that we cannot see, which to me means it's about how we cannot physically see God, whether we are someone who has sight or does not have sight. But I I might take this a little further and say that everything of this world was created by something we can't just not see, but we cannot sense. We cannot see God, touch God, smell God, taste God, or hear God. On a physical, tangible level, we cannot sense God, except that we do. I think it just goes beyond our normal understanding of our senses. Scripture tells us that by faith, we know God. And to know God is to sense God. To sense God is to experience God in our bodies. Perhaps not by sight, touch, smell, taste, or hearing, at least in the normal definition of those sentences at least in the normal definition of those senses. But there is something deeper that allows us to experience God, to feel God, to sense God. And I believe our bodies can help us understand that sense. But first, we need to address a disconnect. In Western culture, particularly white Western culture, there's a great disconnect between body and spirit. But if we go back to early Hebrew understandings of mind and body, we see that those two things are not separate. Ancient Hebrew understanding of what it means to be human was that a person is both body and soul conjoined, perhaps with some distinction, but without any separation. For those of us who identify as Christian, it's similar to the aspects of the Trinity. Just as Jesus is of one being with the creator or the father, if you're quoting the Nicene Creed exactly, these elements are not separate. They make up the whole. Compared to Greek culture in the first century with philosophers claiming that a person is a soul and not a body, first century Jewish people believed that a person is not just the flesh, but a person is one's flesh and that which enlivens the flesh, which is the soul. Those two things are fully connected in their creation. They are not separate. As we continue through history, we see the invention of the printing press. And as books, pamphlets, and other articles were being published following the 1450s, there was an increasing emphasis placed on the value of the intellect with the soul mind being revered and anything of the body was more and more seen as profane or just less than. Rene Descartes in the 17th century really sealed the deal condemning the body and its senses to the profane with his philosophy of body-soul dualism regarding the mind and body as fully separate entities. That paved the way for allowing the body to be understood as evil, as a distraction 
to the holiness of the mind soul. I also would be remiss if I didn't mention how this deeply affected the ways we understood certain bodies as being more profane than others. And if we want to go deeper into issues of colonialism, there are so many issues in Western imperialism as well that that come up in these cultures where dance in particular, movements of the body were a huge part of, of worship. And Western imperialism came in and said, those things are profane to these folks for whom it was deeply, deeply sacred. And if we trace all the way back to early Hebrew practices or, uh, or early Jewish practices, excuse me, or early Christian practices, the body was such an important part of, of worship. And there was dance as a part of worship, even, you know, hundreds of years after Jesus's death, movement was a huge part of it, but it was taken out when we started to believe in this dichotomy and the hierarchy of, of soul or mind over body. And unfortunately, this belief is still present in many, many Christian traditions, especially in white Western culture. But what if, what if we rebuked this idea? What if we embrace our bodies as part of the whole of who we are and allow them to be vessels for how we experience the divine as vessels that deepen our faith rather than distract from it? Particularly in the world of disability justice, there has been so much work done to reclaim the body, all bodies as sacred. The idea that God created us in a body, in our body, can be so freeing to embrace. To understand that how we move through the world in our particular body is how our particular soul comes to life and is expressed. As each of us are part of that imago Dei, the image of God in our unique bodies. And so perhaps while we are whittling away the hierarchy of soul body, we can also do away with the hierarchy of bodies. We can do away with the notion that some bodies more closely resemble the divine. What if we embrace the idea that because our bodies are each all different, we all get to experience and reflect all the many diverse ways that God is embodied and sensed in this world. So my friend, perhaps consider your own body and what makes your body, yourself unique. In your particular body, how do you sense God? How do you experience that divine mystery that for some is described as a feeling of blessed unrest or as a sacred restlessness that pulls us to something beyond ourselves, that connects us to something wider. How do you, in your body, experience that sensation? Does it wash over you like a wave bringing a peaceful stillness to your nerves? Or does it brush up against you like the wind wafting in your hair. 
Does it taste like a cold tangerine or sweet tea on a hot day that cools your body and softens your soul? Does it feel like dancing? Does it sound like children laughing? Is it like the sensation of a drum beating that you can feel resonating in your body? Does it smell like the lavender bush outside your grandmother's house after it rains? Does it taste like warm apple cider on a cold day, thawing your hands and your heart? Does it feel like goosebumps on your skin that make you feel a little more alert and alive? Does it look like majestic white-capped mountains or like the blues, pinks, purples, and oranges of a sunset over the hills or the horizon of the ocean? There are so many ways in which we do sense God in our bodies each of us in a different way. This verse from Hebrews 11 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. But faith is also the conviction of things that are seen, are felt and touched and smelt and heard and tasted. We each might not have all of these senses, but that does not mean we experience any less of God. For God is present in it all and in all of us. And we can trust in the goodness of our bodies, the diversity of our bodies, and that through our bodies, we can experience, sense, and embody God in this world. And for that, I give God thanks. For today's call to action, I invite you to purchase Sonia Renee Taylor's book, The Body is Not an Apology. You can find it anywhere books are sold. Dig deep into the work of understanding how some bodies are valued and others are not. And pay attention to how those hierarchies show up in your own thinking, either about your own body or the body of others. Little by little, we can keep tugging on those tangled threads that keep us bound and find our way to liberation for all bodies. As we close, I want to thank you for being here. Thank you for showing up, for listening, for being a part of this work. Thank you to each person who is part of our recording team at Surge Faith. And thank you to our incredible sound editor, Claire Hitchens, who makes the magic happen every week. And now, my friends, I invite you as we close to receive this blessing. May you go forth into your day, into your week, into your life, knowing that you are one of God's beloved children, that you belong here, that your body is good and sacred. May you sense God within you and around you. 
experiencing the wideness of God's presence in and beyond your body. May you go forth held in the loving arms of our creator, our redeemer, and our sustainer. Go in peace. Amen.